1: I was walking around this morning in the sprinkle. Didn't think I was gonna be able to walk. I even brought my dog out. My dog's like eight pounds. I thought my dog was gonna fly away. Freaking devil, man. News, media, whatever. It's like, if we didn't learn anything from 2020, it's like, I know I ain't trusting what y'all are saying, what y'all are saying, what y'all are saying. I'm showing up to church. I'm worshiping God. Glad you're online. Better not be in San Diego. That's all I got to say. Or Salt Lake City or Boise. I mean, honestly, Salt Lake City and Boise are probably laughing at us that it's even a thing. But I was walking this morning and I and I heard God's cuz I was like rebuking the wind cuz I don't I don't I don't know. I don't want the wind. The wind the wind can stay at home, but rain, we need some rain. I heard God say, "Let it rain." Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain because there's there's some things that will only grow if rain comes. There are some things that will only grow if rain comes. There are some things in your life, in my life, that we desperately need. I don't need anything other than an open heaven. If I have an open heaven and the rain comes from heaven, then I know that my marriage, I know that my family, I know that my finances, I know that my city, I know that if God gets involved, it's game over. And so if you're needing some rain to fall in your life, I want you to lift your hands. Let's believe that heaven will come into our lives father we thank you that you are the god who opens the windows of heaven father we thank you for heavenly rain we thank you for holy rain falling on our marriages falling on our children falling on our finances falling on our friendships falling on our city falling on this state falling on this nation father we thank you for the rain from heaven that brings life to everything in jesus name and everybody said amen amen Stay standing, stay standing. Come on, how many, seriously, like 18 years of Awakened Church, 18 years. Come on, can we honor Pastor Ergen and Leanne? The best way we can honor people is when they're not in the room. Come on, let's honor them, let's thank God for them. Thank you, Jesus, for Pastor Ergen and Leanne. Oh my goodness, I don't even think I'd be saved. They came here 18 years ago from Australia to a city they'd never been in, didn't know anybody, and they came here. And eight years ago, I got to come and hear the gospel for the first time in my life and give my life to Jesus. I got to meet my wife in the internship. I got to see my purpose, my life, everything in my life begin to flourish because of a couple that left everything, that left everything. I know all of us here, this city is gonna be different. We're gonna look a decade now when, it, when when it is this. Can you imagine what San Diego's gonna look like? Can you imagine what California's gonna look like? Can you imagine what this nation will look like when this has been around 81 years. I'm just thankful what's happened already, but we're just getting started, so I'm thankful. One of the, uh, I'm gonna honor a few people that uh, were there from day one. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but Dr. Pastor Matt Hubbard was there on day one serving at wicked Church on the very first Sunday. How many love our pastors, Pastor Matt and Michaela Hubbard? They're resting, getting refreshed right now on vacation, so I'm thankful for them ben jordan as well on the acoustic been here since day one you get better looking man every year we're grateful for you man thanks for staying the course uh i would ask you if you ever thought it would be like this but you'd probably say hell yeah you did that's what you that's what you were there for and uh the petersons pastor mark and summer came all the way from australia as well now they attend san marcos campus so i know everything's right in the world I know everything's right in the world, so uh, I'm just thankful. I think, make sure you take a moment today. Obviously, we're doing that in this service, but make sure you take a moment and just thank God for the fact that you're here, that this church is here, that Pastor Eugen Leanne are the most courageous people, that I know, the best leaders on the planet. Like, I honestly think I won the lottery. Like, I never went to another church besides Catholic Mass and Jewish synagogue. I found, th- this is the first church that I found. And just thank God that you're in it and, uh, and that the best is yet to come, that our kids are going to be in it, that our kids' kids are going to be in it. Yeah. I know I'm hammering on it, but I think it's important because what you honor, what you appreciate, you get more of. And I want a whole lot more of Awakened Church. So, all right. Thank you, worship team. Y'all have been incredible. Why don't you high five three people and say, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Yeah, we can put it back. We can put it back. 18. 1-8. Wow, I said three three people, y'all. I'm just honestly so glad y'all made it in the storm. I'm just so glad. I'm so glad. It was really scary, Fiona said. That's hilarious. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Bryce, little Brycey, my friend Bryce, he uh, handcrafted that, that set list. There was storm, I think, in every single song. <laughs> Great job, buddy. Uh, he, said he, he said he did it a month ago. I don't know how. I'm just kidding. He, he didn't. That would be hilarious. Um, so we are in, uh, uh, obviously, it's our church's birthday, and so that's a very special um, day. We're also in a series called Truth Bombs. Truth Bombs. What's cool about Truth Bombs is, uh, I mean, every Sunday's Truth Bomb at Awaken Church, every Sunday, Wednesday. So it's nothing necessarily new, but uh, we're really looking at what are the lies. Because for a truth bomb to exist, there must be a lie that's pre-existed that the truth bomb needs to come in and blow up. Right? That's the only way that you would need a truth bomb. Otherwise, a truth bomb doesn't really matter. And so I believe one of the lies that I felt God was speaking about that I wanted to share on this morning was the lie that the giants in your and my life, that the devil, the mountain, the storm, we're going to try and get away from that word, but it's going to be hard. I've been saturated with it, um, is in a good way and then from the media and stuff, but uh, that, that, that whatever that thing is that's that's intimidating you, that that thing is actually on the rise, that that thing is growing in power, that that thing's becoming a category five, that that thing is, is enlarging, that that giant's getting bigger, that that mountain just keeps, and you are getting smaller. That's the lie. That's the lie. But that lie could not be further from the truth because the truth bomb is this, that the lie that the devil, that the storm, the mountain... Is not getting bigger, it's not on the rise, that you are on the rise, and that God is actually going to use that thing, that mountain, that giant, that whatever that's intimidating you. He's actually gonna use that thing to catapult you into your mountaintop, from the valley to the mountaintop. That's the truth bomb. That's the truth bomb. But it's a reframe in our mind because oftentimes we can look at the storm, we can look at the mountain, we can look at the giant, and we can say, man, this thing's gonna be the end of me. This thing, it's game over, it's done deal. I'm finished. Even if it doesn't feel maybe that loud, at some point it will get that loud if we don't deal with it. When in reality, all we need to do is see, okay, if there's a giant in my way, that means that just like Jesus looked at the cross, he didn't look at the cross with, obviously he looked at it in knowing it's going to be painful, knowing it's going to be difficult. But it says, for the joy set before him endured the pain of the cross, the suffering of the cross. Nothing... Honestly, there, there's not a giant that's bigger than what the cross was, not just because of the, the, the pain that it was going to endure physically, but he took all of human sin, past, present, future, in one moment. He took it all. So he looked at that, but he looked for joy set before him. He looked at what God was going to use that cross for, and because he was able to see beyond, because he was able to see Romans eight twenty-eight that God works all things together for good, because he knew that he could go through the valley. And it's the same thing that we need to do is do a bit of a mind shift, a bit of a reframe, looking at the giant. So I want us to just take a moment, take a moment. I want you to think. If you need to close your eyes, close your eyes. The only reason we ask people to close your eyes is because sometimes you can get distracted by all this stuff. It's not for some weird reason. But if you need to close your eyes, close your eyes. But I need you to, for this message to make sense for you, otherwise you might leave here and be like, I'm just gonna grab a cupcake on the way out and (laughs) weather the storm. Don't eat and drive at the same time. I will say that, I will say that. Yeah, you don't want to get the icing on your, yeah, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but I want you to do this. I want you to think about the giant that's in front of you. And I don't want you to think about it in a place where it gets big and it's all scary. I want... But I want you to be honest. What's the giant that you need to face today? It could be a legitimate, like, physical thing. It could be a relationship that desperately needs mending. It could be something in you, an insecurity, a fear, a an anxiety it could it could be uh, a financial distress whatever it is i want you to look at the thing and know exactly what it is as we take through how we're going to tear down the giant and exalt the things of god in your life so i want you to know that and as you get that everybody say i got it i got it, I got it. okay if you don't get it get it okay before we go so the title of this message is on the rise on the rise Pretty cool. It's actually a song that we released. In case you didn't know, little plug, little plug for the worship team. If you go on your Spotify or you go on your Apple Music or whatever platform you use, I don't know if there are any other ones. It'd be SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. I don't think it's on there. Probably have to do a remix to get on that one. But uh, download it, play it. It's 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 one of those songs. I love our pastor, uh, Pastor Jurgen. He 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 said that there's a lot of really great adore songs, like adore God, like we want to adore and we're, but there's we need war songs. We need warfare songs because when you're in the Valley facing a giant, I don't need an adore God. I need a warfare. I need to, I need to take this thing out. And, and, and how many know we're in a bit of a warfare season in this country, <laughs> a little bit of a warfare season in this state, in this city. And so we need some warfare songs and on the rise is one of the best warfare songs. I think that's out there right now. Um, so make sure you do that. So, uh, the lyrics are gonna be used as our, as our uh, points in today's message. So the first point on how to take down the giant in front of you and get on the rise is, number one, darkness turns to light. Darkness turns to light. What I found really interesting, in darkness, we're gonna call the giant, and light, we're gonna call facing the giant. I found that I never have to actually go look for giants. Anybody else notice that? Like, I don't have to be like, oh man, I'm kind of bored. I need to go find a giant to kill. Like giants just show up. They just show up. And honestly, it's never really in a great timing. And if you're facing a giant now, you know what the giant is, but maybe you're, you feel like you're in a break from a giant. Um, you're either avoiding the giant, number one, which we'll talk about, um, or number two, you actually may have just taken down a giant and you feel like you're in this kind of celebratory, God is great, rest period. I promise you, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, I'm just telling you how life works, another giant's gonna show up at some point. Do you know how many giants David had to take out in his lifetime? Was it just Goliath? No, it was five. It was five. Now, it didn't take the same level of strength, endurance, effort, energy that Goliath did because once you take down the first one, you take the victory from that and you bring it to the next one, things start catapulting and things become easier. But I found that giants never go away. And so the question becomes, kind of like how I introduced the message and what you need to really think about, is what giants have taunted us that we have tolerated. What has the devil been taunting you with? That you have tolerated. So we're going to look at this in one Samuel seventeen. This is the story of David and Goliath. We're really going to spend pretty much all of our time in this story. I know, surprise on the rise, David and Goliath, um, but it's it's an incredible picture of what God wants to do in our lives if we allow Him to. And so we're going to start actually in verse four. The 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 basically the Philistines and the Israelites they they face off against each other and uh, and this is what happens. Verse four says then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, champion means he was like the best of the best, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Goliath. He was over now. I want you to pay attention. This is really interesting. He was over nine feet tall. How do how they measure that? (laughs) He wore a bronze helmet. And his bronze bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam. Important detail. Tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds, his armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. It's amazing how much detail they knew about Goliath. Because I find it interesting, if, if a giant comes out and I'm on this side of the valley and then the giant's like way over here, they don't have binoculars back then, at least that I know of. Like, how, how, did, they, how did they know how tall, how did they know the coat of, like if it was just like one off, Like, how did, they, how did they know that? You see, if they just went out and fought him right there, they probably wouldn't have known it until afterwards. But the problem is they didn't just go out and fight him. The problem is, for 40 days and 40 nights, they allowed the taunting. They allowed the intimidation. They allowed the bigness of Goliath, where at first they're like, man, that guy's big. We should probably go take him out. And then nobody went out. And went, he went back home, went to his little camp. I mean, can you imagine the tent that guy lived in? I don't think they have an air mattress big enough. And, uh, and then he went out the next day. And it came out, and they're like, all right, today's the day. We're hyped up. Because it says, it really interesting, it actually says that they, like, did, like, war chants, like, every day. for Like, they got hyped. And they went out. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. But, oh, wow, he's got, you know what, he actually, I think he's about nine feet tall. <laughs> then he went back. Went to bed. Then they came out. War chants, hype, let's go. God's for me. Who or what could be against me? And then they went out. Looked at, oh, no, yeah. I think. Does that coat of mail look like 120, 15, 125 pounds, 125 pounds? And then went back. It's amazing if you don't face your giant, how many details that you were never meant to know, you'll find out. It's amazing how many people are like, you know, basically brilliant meteorologists now, thanks to Hillary. Just saying. It's amazing how many details, if you do not face something, you will begin to learn and know and get so close to the thing that you don't realize you're actually meant to take that thing out. Like, what good does it do to know that his weaver's beam spear had a 15-pound lead tip? Like, how, how helpful is that in taking the giant out? No, 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 but I need to know, so I have all the details, and if I have all the details, and I can put things together, and if I have my ducks in a row, then I... I wonder if we know too much about our giants. And, and so we, we look at and we see the progression of this because he shouted at them, then we go to verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted a ton, why are you all coming out to fight, I'm the Philistine champion, but then he says something, he says his first mistake. And this is, the, this is the thing that you'll know that there's a giant in front of you that you're meant to take out. He says, but you are only the servants of God. No, he doesn't say that. Servants of Saul. They weren't just Saul's servants, they were God's servants. But the giant will remind you and try to intimidate you with the fact that no, 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 no God's not involved. God's not here. You're not connected to God in this. Even if you call yourself a believer, he'll say, no, "No, you disqualified yourself from God actually being in this fight. You, you've done something to mess up. You've met." He'll find a way to get you to forget that you are not just a son of Saul. It's funny. What do they call Jesus? The son of a carpenter. The son of a carpenter. That's the son of the king. That's the son of the king of the universe. That's a son of God, the one who spoke in the earth. So what makes us think that they won't try and do the same thing to us? So notice the first time you'll begin to think when the giant speaks back at you, you'll think I'm alone. God's not with me. And then it goes on to say, choose one man to come down here, and fight me. If he kills me, then we'll be your slaves. If I kill him, you'll be our slaves. He says, I defy the armies of the living. Oh, man, yeah. I've read that somewhere, but it's not here. The second mistake Goliath makes, and the second thing that you'll know how you're facing a Goliath is he'll say, I defy the armies of Israel. In other words, I'm defying, it's just you and me. It's just you and me. I'm not defying God. This isn't about God. Actually, and, and he'll try and show you how him and you and this fight that you guys are in, God doesn't actually care about. In other words, there's no biblical context for God needing to get involved because this is just a you problem. This isn't a, God doesn't care. God's, and that's a lie. And that's how you'll know that the devil's involved. Send me a man who will fight me. And then it says, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Deeply shaken. Not a very good day for them. And then they went and repeated this thing over and over and over and over again for 40 days. Can you imagine how many scenarios they ran in their head about how Goliath would kill them and how... It's like amazing how many scenarios we'll start to run around, how many rackets, how many stories we'll tell ourselves before we even... like this, this storm, right? Hillary, whatever. Hilarious, right? But like, and I'll be honest, I I actually like, I got this big ham radio tower next to me and uh, like big, like it's giant. And I, and I literally texted Rick. I'm like, Rick, is this thing about to come down on my house? Like how crazy? And he's like, no, 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 bro. It's only 34 mile an hour winds. But it's amazing how many scenarios I started to run in my head about if this thing comes down, then where are we going to, I'm like, Oh my gosh, can you imagine 40 days? Of that? You know, how many of us have run the same rackets about different things that we just need to go down in the valley and face? You see, I found that more than half the battle is literally just showing up in the valley and facing Goliath. You know, because today's culture will say, just live with it, just accept it, learn to coexist, find a win-win. Let's find a win-win, right? Win-win. Win for Philistines, win for Israelites. But God didn't say that. God said, this is your territory. You will possess the gates of your enemy. God didn't want them to tolerate sin. God didn't want them to tolerate the demonic. God actually wanted them to take it out. But when you start listening to the world more than you do God, you're going to end up with that. They'll say, hey, this isn't the hill to die on. Go find another hill. Wait for the right hill. Problem is, if you wait for the right hill, eventually they'll come to your hill. Goliath would have kept pushing back until they had nowhere to fight from. They'll say, no, the hill's in Texas. Oh, the hill's in Florida. No, the hill's in freaking California. And until we stand up and take this giant's head, that thing's gonna come to Arizona, that thing's gonna come to Texas, that thing's gonna come to Florida. My hill's right here in San Diego, California, and I ain't going nowhere. And I'm thankful because I only have that level of courage because Pastor Yerge have that level of courage. When COVID got crazy, when things got gnarly, they said, this is the hill. This is the hill. California is not lost. It will be redeemed. It will be redeemed. And, uh, and I remember when, uh, when I had, uh, grown up, talk about a Goliath. I mean, my, my dad died when I was nine years old. My mom almost died the next year from the exact same thing. So by the time I was 10 years old, you could say I went through a bit of trauma, and, uh, and I know that's a big word, and you know we're using different scenarios, but I really felt like it had changed my life in a, in a pretty big way to the point where I went to bed, and all I could think about was, I wonder what's going to happen when I die, because I went to Catholic Mass, and I went to Jewish synagogue in the same week, every week, and I didn't have a lot of truth bombs coming out of Catholic Mass and I didn't have a lot of truth bombs that I could understand coming from Jewish synagogue because I go to Catholic mass and I fall asleep within 20 minutes, have no idea what they thought about eternal life. And then I'd show up, like if I'm the only one, okay. Uh, and then I would show up to Jewish synagogue for Shabbat service and, uh, and they just said, hey, you're good, you're chosen, you're chosen. You just got you, got, you got born right. You know, I'm like, wow, that's, I don't know if I believe you. Like, <laughs> I feel pretty jacked up to be in heaven. So I don't think that's accurate. Um, but if you say so, so I had no peace about it. And so I would go to sleep every night wondering, literally my thoughts would be like when I die, because it could happen at any point. Cause I almost lost both my, I was almost an orphan. And, and I was like, okay, well, if I lost, you know, them and I don't know where they are. Is he, is, he, is my dad just like in the ground? Is he aware that he's in the ground? Like I went through all these scenarios because I had no truth to confront Goliath with. If you're in the world and you don't have Jesus, and you're alone in the valley, you have no ability to take down any giant. You can think that you're taking down giants, 10X and stuff, whatever. The real giants that haunt you, you have no ability to conquer without Jesus because you need truth in order to drop a truth bomb just in case... We need to know that. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so I was just haunted by this anxiety, this panic, and I would have these like mini attacks. it It would be, and I just thought it was normal. And then, you know, by the time I get into high school, I'm so done with it that I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna hide this stuff. I'm gonna numb it. I'm gonna find a way to not think about this. So I started smoking weed. I started drinking more. I started getting into the party scene and just whatever I could do to stay away from it, to reject it, whatever. And guess what? It went away for a little bit, but then it kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. And it would haunt me until I was about 22, got invited to church, and for the first time, I got the answer to that question that was actually the truth, which is, if you believe in Jesus with your heart, confess with your mouth that he is Lord, that you follow him, guess what? You're set free. You're saved. You have eternity in heaven with Jesus. And so that put me at peace. I thought it was gone forever. And then six years later, so this is like a year and a half, two years ago, I'm a pastor at this point. I've been a Christian for a while. I go to men's prayer. I know how to pray. I take authority. I understand all the things. I'm in a connect group. I'm like doing all the stuff. I'm planted in the house of God. I tithe, all this stuff. And yet I'm going out to go preach in uh, Salt Lake City. And, And I'm on a flight. Thank God it was only an hour and a half. And out of nowhere, I have a panic attack. Out of nowhere, like blindsided me completely. And instead of like immediately texting my friend Casey, instead of immediately texting Dr. Matt, instead of immediately texting my anybody. I just tried to numb it. I just said, no, 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 that didn't happen. I don't know what that was, but I don't, I think I had too much caffeine. I literally think, I think I just had, I shouldn't have had coffee before the flight. Obviously that's what it was from. And I'm telling y'all, this was a year and a half, two years ago. Like, and I'm on the way to preach faith and I'm trying to hide from the thing. And the problem was I never went down into the valley and I started to get to know that thing really well. I busied myself, so I kept doing other things to try and avoid thinking about it, but it kept showing up, kept showing up. I remember it even got to a point where I started to believe what the world was saying about anxiety more than I believed what God said about it. Remember the whole thing? Like, no, no, no I'm just defying, I'm not defying God in this, Goliath says, I'm defying you. And that's what I started to believe. I started to believe maybe it's just something that I had to live with. Maybe it was just, and I'm telling you, there's a year and a half ago, I'd be preaching up here a year and a half ago like but for three months I, I started even I got these ads for like learn how to deal with anxiety on an airplane like they found me like and they're like like I'm like maybe I need to take this course like maybe I need to I literally got there in my head because I wouldn't face Goliath because I was worried that if I showed up in that valley and God didn't it'd be done and I didn't want to think about what would happen if God didn't show up and I didn't even stop to think about, did God ever not show up for me? And so it got that bad. where I not, And then finally we went on vacation. How many know when you go on vacation, things just start to open up and pop off for you because you have nothing left to think about. You're supposed to stop thinking about work. And so I show up, you know, we show up at like midnight to the place where we're going and uh, we put my daughter in bed. And then I told my wife and it would literally started to like, it started to roar in my head. And I said, I don't even know what to do anymore. So I, I finally decided to t- tell my wife, I said, babe, I'm like, I'm like really anxious. I have no idea what's happening. I feel like I'm having a panic attack. I've been having, a... so I finally told her and I thought that she would be freaking out. But she's like, I'm not freaking out. She's like, you have authority over this. What are you doing? And so she didn't cater to it. She didn't, but if she wouldn't have been raised up at women's prayer, if she didn't attend the church, if she didn't have women, if she didn't have to go through stuff herself and take authority, she wouldn't have been able to do that. But I'm thankful that I had a wife that did. And so she prayed with me and she said, now, hey, you go and pray and deal with this. Take the thing out. And so I went in the other room, I felt like I got the monkey off my back and I began to pray in tongues and then I felt the faith rise and I took authority over the thing. I bound it, broke the thing off my life and it hasn't been back since. But until you face Goliath, that thing will intimidate, it will haunt and you'll get to know it really, really well. And you'll get to know it too well. I think why David succeeded so well is because He didn't take the time to get to know how much the coat of mail weighed. He didn't take the time to find out how much that tip of the spear weighed. He knew, he he saw Goliath. He's like, I know this guy. Because imagine if he's like, he showed up and he's like, all right, where's this Goliath guy? And he gets down there. He's like, okay, I'm not going to look at him until I go down there. He's like, "Uh, all right, what do you get? And he finds it all the time. He's like, okay, I'm going down, put a blindfold on me. He walks down. He gets down there. Holy, you're a giant. Like, that would have been a fear. Like, he he knew he was facing a giant but he just didn't need a time to get all the details. And so some of us, we need to know what we're facing. I'm not saying don't know what you're facing. Know what you're facing. If you need to look at the bank account, look at the bank account. If you need to know exactly what this marriage is looking like, get somebody to help you see exactly what the problem is. If you don't want to think about the fact that your kid may be off the rails, figure out exactly what's going on because God is big enough to deal with whatever giant you have, but you got to face it, you got to look at it, and you got to begin to run at it. And so the second way that we take down Goliath, the second progression is deception meets demise. Deception meets demise. You see, Goliath was literally deception. He was literally deception because what he represented versus what he actually was were two completely different things. But they were truth, my truth, to both sides. I'll explain. Israelites version of what they thought Goliath was was this is the end of Israel. This is the end of us. This is this is where the game ends. This is this is how it all goes down. They were right because they believed that. But then you have David over here that shows up. He's got a prophetic word from Samuel who said you will be the king of Israel. He wasn't the king of Israel yet. He knew there's no way this is the end. He started to look at it. He said actually this might be the thing that begins to catapult me into the purpose and the prophetic word that God gave me. Could this be the thing that actually God is using to set up my future? Could this be? Could this giant that looks like it's gonna take me out, could this be the thing that actually catapults me into my destiny? And so because he saw that and broke agreement with the lie, he actually was able to come into agreement with the truth and enter into the valley. First Samuel 17, verses 32 to 37 says, this, it's, Samuel, or it's Saul talking to David saying, hey, or it's David talking to, to Saul saying, hey, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. And then Saul's like, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war from since he was a boy. But David persisted I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death gotta love those details thank you thank you David I have done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to this pagan philistine too some of us just need to like get a bit aggressive with the giant just get a bit aggressive like and here's where he breaks agreement I want us to notice this I want us to notice this This is where he breaks agreement with the lie for he has defied the armies of the living God so he's breaking agreement. He says, I'll do it again to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the arm of his living God. Because the truth that had existed before then that the Israelites believed was this guy is going to take us out because he's defying us. David said, no, 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 no. I'm breaking agreement with the lie. He says, I break agreement with the lie that this Goliath's going to take us out. And I'm because he's defying the arm of his living God. I come into agreement with the truth that The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this philistine. So I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. I break agreement with the lie, blank. I come into agreement with the truth that, blank. This is literally an exercise I had to do because when I was uh, blowing through my $100,000 of inheritance um, my mom was so funny. She was here this morning at the 9 a.m. And uh, I, my mom's never been here when I preached. And so I, I got a little nervous in the sense of like, I know I've told her some stuff that I've done. Can you imagine being my mom? Oh my gosh. Like, she was amazing too. Like, she was a great mom, but just there's only so much you can do when your kid just decides he's gonna go off the freaking rails. And so she, uh, you know, I was telling the story of blowing through the $100,000 and she, she came up to me after. She was like, B- you know, that was amazing. Blah blah blah. She's like, it was really closer to like 90 something. I'm like, mom, seriously, like, I'm not gonna like, Details. I don't, I try to forget how much money I blew. Thank you for reminding me though. And, uh, it was so funny. I'm like, my mom is the best. Gotta love moms. And, uh, and so I had this hundred thousand dollars when I was 19 years old that I got access to Is money that my grandparents had saved up for a long time for me to go to college. I said, I know what better to do with this. And so I went and basically prodigal son it for a year and a half. And, uh, if I read that I would have probably not, but I didn't. So I did. And, um, And so I I came to, and one of the things that my uncle, who was like this Hall of Fame financial advisor, um, had helped a lot of people make a lot of money. I just, I told him, plain blank, he called me one time. He said, this is going to be either the greatest mistake of your life or the greatest lesson you'll ever learn. And I had a lot of money and confidence at the time. And so I said, basically shove it. I know what I'm doing with this money. You don't. I don't want to take financial advice from you. Dumb idea. Dumb idea. Dumb idea. And, And so... I completely rejected it. But then as I started running out of money, thankfully I found this church or, you know, God led me here through an invite from a friend and I got saved and I started to realize all my errant ways, especially since all the money was winding down, you know, and, uh, and I hadn't done anything with it. And so I was super ashamed, And as that shame started coming, as that Goliath started taunting me, all I could think about was those words that he said. But I didn't think about, the latter part, this will be the greatest lesson you've ever learned. I just kept hearing, this is the greatest mistake of your life. This will ruin your life. This will train wreck your life. No one's going to want to marry you. No one's going to want to ever do anything. Like, no one's going to trust you to do business with. Like, you're, you're, you're screwed forever. And literally, can you imagine, like, just the racket that that ran, because I never confronted it. Didn't confront it. Didn't confront it. And so this lie, I had to, at some point, break agreement with. And I had allowed everything else to come to the surface when I got here, except for this. And it wasn't until I think maybe six, four to six, maybe six months in, I finally decided, you know what? This thing feels like a. am carrying the world on my back. I need to tell somebody. And I was in a connect group and I told my my buddy who I told everything else to and I, I we were driving home and I, I felt like God was like, you need to tell him. You need to get, because you haven't told anybody about this and the shame and all this stuff. And so I finally was like, all right, I'm going to tell my friend. And so I told him, and I literally thought he was going to kick me out of the car. I thought he was going to told me I'm an idiot, never come back to church. But he, instead he was like, "Oh my gosh, dude, I'm so sorry that you're feeling all this shame, all that. like let's pray. And let's believe that this will actually be the thing that works all together for good. That God's going to use this. He's going to you're going to God's going to do something with this. God's going to work it out together for your good." And so what we did was we broke agreement with the lie that this would be the end of my life, that this would be the biggest mistake of my life. And we came into agreement with the truth that Romans eight twenty eight God is able to work all things together for good, and that this will actually be the greatest learning lesson of my life. And, and so I did that. I broke agreement with the lie, and I came into agreement with the truth. And I would tell you to this day, I still have to do that, but I now do it with other giants that come and try and confront, other things that try and come my way, but it's a great formula. What? is the thing that you have to break agreement with. I break agreement with a lie and I come into agreement with the truth. And to this day, I won't get on a platform without talking about the fact that I did that because I want to know where the devil, I can stomp on his head. And every time I share it, I have people come and tell me, oh my gosh, you have no idea, this shame, this thing, I couldn't tell anybody, I finally told somebody and now I feel free. Because if God will, if you can let some stuff come to light and you can actually break agreement with a lie, you'll be amazed at what can God can do when you come into agreement with the truth, new life. Okay, so make sure you know what is the lie you need to break agreement with and what is the truth that you need to come into agreement with. That is your homework. That is the thing you need to do before you come to men's prayer, women's prayer this week. Know what that is and then come in and have people agree with you with them. Okay, point three. Point three, take the head of giants. Take the head of giants. And this is is probably the, the most challenging thing to think about, facing the giant's one thing, right? Breaking agreement with the script that was over that situation is one thing. Coming into a new agreement with the right script is another thing. But then trusting that what's in your hand is enough to take down the giant in front of you. Trusting that what's already in you, that you, as you are now, without anything added, without anything different, without, you as you are, everything that you have is enough to take down the giant in front of you. Because we get to this, you know, the end here. First Samuel 17, verses 45. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. You wonder why you're facing your giant? You know why Jesus went to the cross and saw joy before him is because he knew that what he was about to do, the thing he was about to conquer would be told forever. Not as a I'm awesome thing, but as in look at all the victories people are gonna have because of what I'm about to do. I wonder what's on the other side of you taking down the giant in front of you. I wonder how many people will increase in faith. I wonder how many people will step out. I wonder how many people will come to know Jesus. I wonder how many people will see miracle babies, miracle homes, miracle restoration in their marriage, miracle cho- I wonder what's on the other side. I wonder who's on the other side of you taking down your giant and the cool thing is we, we kind of know about it, but David tried, Saul's armor didn't fit. So he went with his sling and he went with his stones. And I wish, honestly, every time I feel like I go and face the Goliath, I'm always like, God, I'm gonna need more than what I got. Because <laughs> this stone and this sling, it ain't feeling like much when I'm looking at that guy. When I'm looking at this giant, when I'm looking at this thing, it doesn't look like enough. It doesn't look like enough. You know, each time we, we got into our two miracle homes in the last couple of years, both times I felt like I looked at what was in my bank account. I looked at what was coming. I looked at the, or I looked at everything. I, I just said, God, this is, I'm gonna need a sword. I'm gonna need what he's got. Give me what the, and then, then I'll go. But God's like, no, no, no. David doesn't start by saying, I will take your head. He says, the Lord will conquer you. He says, the Lord will conquer you. The Lord will conquer you. And then I will kill you and take your head. If you had to take down this Goliath in your own strength, in the natural, hell yeah, you would need a bigger sword. But I'm thankful because David says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you, are with me. In other words, you are not in your natural, whatever giant you're facing, you are not having to take this thing out. If you would just recognize, if you would go in the valley, if you will face this thing, if you will break agreement with the lie, if you'll come into agreement with the truth, then guess what? The Lord will conquer. The Lord will conquer. And then you will kill him. And then you will take his head. But you've got to go and face him. You've got to go and face him. And the coolest part about all of it is that the thing that looks like it's going to bury you. The sword that looked like it was gonna take off David's head was the thing that actually buried Goliath. You see, you need what's in your hand because when you use what's in your hand, you'll take what's in the giant's hand and you'll finish it and then you'll take that head and you'll walk around and say look what God has done. 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 If God has done it for me, he'll do it for you. If God can do a miracle home for me, he can do it for you. If God can restore me and I can be free from addiction, free from pornography, free from drugs and alcohol, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. Look at the head. If God can get me a total mess legs in my finances one who blew through a hundred thousand dollars one who doesn't have a college degree could barely afford rent when I came to church if God can get me into two miracle homes then guess what look at the head God can do it for you if God can set me free from anxiety look at the head God can do it for you this is why we have men's prayer this is why we have women's prayer I don't show up to prayer because I got nothing better to do at 5 30 I barely make it at 5 30. I think I'm usually there at 538, at best. I show up because I need to hear, I need to see the head. I need to see the head of people who went through financial difficulty and came out on the other side. I need to see the head of people who in their marriage couldn't figure it out. And guess what they figured it out? I need to see the head of people who had family members far from Jesus and they came back. I need to see the head. And people need to see the head of the giant that you're about to face. But it takes facing it. It takes breaking agreement. It takes coming into agreement with the truth. And it takes trusting that what's in your hand is enough. And so we're gonna pray. I want everybody to bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're in this room, I'm gonna have some of us stand here in a second. If you're in this room, and you know that you have not faced the giant. You've hid from the giant, you've avoided the giant, you've tried to numb, you've tried to stay busy, you won't face the thing that you need to face, meaning you don't actually, like you just haven't owned up and said, I'm going to take this thing, I want you to stand to your feet, because today you're saying, I am going to face this giant, just stand up. We're gonna believe that God in his infinite strength, God in his ability will overcome. Okay, if you're in this room and you have not yet identified and broken agreement with the lie and you've allowed that lie just to fill your head and you need to break agreement with it, come and agree with the truth, I want you to raise, or just stand up, stand up. And you need to know what that is, you're gonna break agreement with it today and you're gonna come in agreement with the truth. And then lastly, if you keep wanting to face Goliath, but you actually won't go into the valley because you don't think what you have is enough and you know you need to go, stand up, stand up. We're gonna believe that the same God who was with David will be with you. Because as long as he's with you, you're gonna take this thing out. And what looks like it's gonna bury you, you will bury it with. And walk around with the head that will bring life to other people. Father, I thank you for the strength and the courage. Just as Pastor Eugenio 18 years ago had the strength and the courage to face Goliath. Father, we pray for that same strength, that same courage, Holy Spirit, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit to take the head of Goliath. Father, I thank you that every lie, your word says that every lie that exalts itself against the knowledge of you, you condemn. And so right now we condemn, we break agreement with every lie that has haunted these men and these women. We break agreement with it and we come into the agreement with the truth that you are greater, that you are bigger, that you will conquer it, that we will take the Goliath's head in Jesus' name and that all we have is all we need in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Wow.